You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community. Covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can subscribe on iHeartRadio, Spotify, or download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. In this episode, we're gonna be talking about making WordPress faster, and in order to do that, we brought back a very special guest to the show, the founder of webpagetest.org, currently at Cloudflare, Mr. Patrick Mean. And Patrick, welcome back to Press This. Hey, I'm glad to be back. It's awesome talking to you and your, your audience. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm sure if you remember from our last episode, speed is definitely a big topic of ours here on Press This and something we cover in a variety of ways. But uh, for the audience, just wanted to share with you that for this episode, as we interview Patrick, we're going to be diving deeper into WordPress specific topics. Um, and in particular, Patrick, uh, as part of his new role at Cloudflare, has been kind of tinkering with WordPress a bit and has made a cool new plugin for WordPress available at wordpress.org in the plugins directory called the Cloudflare Page Cache Plugin. So we're gonna be talking about that as well today. So uh, Patrick, I wanna kinda, you know, kinda jump into the questions here. Um, and I'm kinda curious about this answer. I didn't actually ask you this question, I don't think the last time you were on. Um, but what is your WordPress origin story? What was the first time you used WordPress or maybe the first time you really used WordPress? Wow. Um, you know, to be honest, I don't know that I've ever really used WordPress in a professional sense anyway. I've, I think the first time I ever did it was setting up a website for my son. Uh, he was setting up like a robotics club or something, and I wanted to stand up a, a really quick CMS. Uh, and it was one of those uh, click and go and install. Okay, so it's uh, just kind of a passion side project there. Very useful for that, of course. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for my, that's the only case where 
one of the first case where I've used it personally. Um, I will say in my in my professional work and performance, I come across it all the time. Um, and actually, my wife's road trip was the other case where she went on a cross-country road trip and she was blogging for family to see as they were making stops along the way. That's where I actually started working on WordPress performance for myself. Um, but in running web page tests, uh, I'd say two-thirds of the questions I get in the forums are from people ran their site through web page tests and go, oh my god, why is it so slow? And uh, it's a WordPress site usually on sort of the the free or the $2 a month shared hosting uh, or whatever. So I've sort of had a, a trial by fire with WordPress and performance in particular. I like it. So you've been around the block a little bit, haven't necessarily used it in a professional context. I feel like you should mash up those two sites though and have like a robot road trip website. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would end well. Okay, maybe, maybe we'll have to see, keep an eye out from that from you in the future. But uh, maybe we'll move on now to some more interesting topics for the audience, talking about, of course, uh, WordPress and, and page performance in particular. Um, and I know that a lot of people are familiar with you and webpagetest.org, but I was wondering, you know, and in our last episode even, you went like into great depths around your kind of history and background with that. But maybe you could just for a refresh for everybody else that's not familiar or didn't hear that last episode, give us a little bit of a background on your heritage with website performance. Sure. Um, I mean, it goes back, uh, feels like eons, but it's hard to believe it's only been 20-ish years. Um, but uh, before, when I started out, I was doing uh, digital film scanning, uh, working for a company that would take 35 millimeter film, convert it to digital. And at the time we would put it on floppy disks, um, give you some context and timing. Uh, and then we started building it out when the internet was becoming a thing, we'd host the, the pictures on websites. And that's sort of where I got into how do we deliver these pictures uh, quickly as a website uh, for users that are on dial-up connections, which is what we had at the time. And I sort of went from that into uh, AOL uh, back in, I think that was 99-ish, uh, working on uh, performance for AOL customers on dial-up connections. And a lot of that, AOL had their own proprietary uh, closed garden kind of a thing, but they were starting to go more web. And so we would uh, be doing things like the, the proxies that would uh, rewrite all the pages so that the images would be really, really compressed and much smaller so that they could actually be loaded uh, when users are on dial-up connections and things like that. And it just sort of evolved from there. As AOL went more to the web, um, I was working more with web developers internally, and we'd have this, this issue where our data center was literally across the street from our office on, at the time it was probably 100 megabit uh, connection to the dev developer's desktops. And they were all using Firefox uh, because Firebug uh, was the, the best development tool at the time. And our users are all on dial-up connections using Internet Explorer. And it, it was the, the stereotypical, it's fast for me, what do you mean the site's slow? And so that's sort of where web page test came from was, okay, let's give a way for developers to see what the experience is like for users on dial-up connections uh, using Internet Explorer. And it just sort of ballooned from there. 
Yeah, I think it's interesting, you know, thinking about the roots and dial-up, which by the way, if you're trying to optimize a site for site speed, try to do that for a dial-up connection. Obviously the challenge is much greater, um, but it's also been interesting to see web page tests evolve over time relative to features you've added to it, uh, new capabilities in terms of, you know, different uh, levels of bandwidth you might be testing for in browser con uh, browsers and configurations. Um, but it's it's interesting to think about its roots like way back there in the dial-up days when this stuff was very acute. Yeah, and it's actually kind of funny, um, at least funny for me, to see a lot of the things that we were doing in the dial-up days, like around image compression and proxies for rewriting pages and stuff, uh, becoming in vogue again uh, as we go to, to mobile. Um, so it it's kind of flashbacks and reinventing everything that we had done uh, back 15, 20 years ago because everyone was on real slow connections. I love drawing the lines to that. And I think that's probably a whole other episode about the dial-up revolution and the mobile revolution and some of the similarities there. Um, but yeah, obviously as people struggle with connection speeds, it becomes uh, an acute issue again, worthy of addressing. So it's an interesting thought. So back in the day, you're helping um, you know, uh, web pages kind of perform well in a dial-up environment. And obviously you had some kind of pressing things that were making that a necessity. But generally speaking, uh, why do you think site speed is important or why is it important to you? Um. I mean, for me, it's just kind of a, a passion where I like making things go fast. I like optimizing. Um, I'm probably the worst at premature optimizations, but I, I love diving in, trying to figure out, okay, what can I do to make this go faster? And it's been exciting for me. Um, but as far as uh, why I think it's important, it's just I have no patience. And that's probably just me. Uh, but as I'm browsing around, I, I really hate waiting for things. I like everything to be instant. And I don't think it's just me. Um, and everything that we've seen whenever we've done sort of all of the studies. And so after AOL, I was at Google for uh, eight years, give or take. Um, but there's been industry study after industry study where uh, people consume more content uh, when you have uh, faster content. and uh, as people's sort of attention span or the, the, the time available they have to consume content on the web seems to be relatively fixed. So the, the faster you can deliver the content, the more of your content they can consume. And it just, for me, it's always been exciting to do. I'd probably do it even if I wasn't being paid for it or even if there wasn't sort of the business reasons to it just because I love the technical challenges. Um, but it does appear to be sort of one of the driving factors for, okay, there, we've sort of saturated people's time uh, with devices and internet and everything else. How can we get them to consume more in the time that they have? And performance seems to be one of the, the best ways to achieve that. Yeah, there was a very Talladega Nights response there, Patrick, saying that you just want to go fast. as the reason why it was important to you. Yeah, I, I get speeding tickets and everything else too. So the, 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 the corollary there is probably a little tighter than it should be. It actually probably doesn't surprise me too much considering your reputation. But uh, it sounds like so from a personal level, like you're just uh, as impatient as many of us are in terms of, you know, waiting around for sites. And but to your point, um, people just have a limited amount of time. And so if you so basically making those experiences faster, giving them the ability to get 
the information quicker, then they're more likely to kind of stick around, maybe make that purchase, drive those ads, um, views, um, any number of things that might be driving value for your brand. But basically the gist is if it's slow, they might not stick around. Yeah, and not just they might not stick around, but if it's fast, you have that many more chances for ad impressions. You have that many more chances to to get the user engaged with your content. Um, so, I mean, there's there's sort of all sorts of reasons for it. Yeah, I like to think of it as you know how much joy you deliver to that customer. Right? We deliver joy through content people like. We also deliver joy and how that experience feels and loads and how quickly they get access to what they're looking for. And so it's this exercise in delivering joy, which I think has kind of a profound impact on the future because you're not just trying to keep someone on your site, you're trying to get them to come back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sort of one of the the studies that still floors me to this day is uh, both Google and Bing did some of the original search studies on performance and, and why it matters. And it was interesting that they noticed there was sort of a lagging effect where as it got fast, it took a while for people to sort of get used to the the fact that it was faster and they would engage more over time. Um, but it also had the, the same opposite effect as once it was slow and it got faster again, uh, you had almost lost those users permanently. It, it took weeks after the studies completed for the, the user behaviors to recover. Um, so it's sort of a, an expectations thing. They start to get used to it. They, they start to come back. They start to enjoy the site more uh, over time. It's not just sort of that one experience. That's a great point. The cheapest customer you ha you can get is the one you already have, right? So delivering that joy helps to buy or earn that brand equity with that person in the long term. Very interesting way to think about that. I want to dive in next to some of the work you've done at Cloudflare, particularly around the Cloudflare page cache plugin. Um, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2019. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business -business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. 
Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Press This community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing the founder, creator of webpagetest.org, currently a Cloudflare, Patrick Meenan. Right before the break, Patrick, you were sharing a little bit about why speed was important to you. You shared you were impatient, which was great. Um, but you also shared that it's important, obviously, to businesses in terms of retaining clients, delivering joy, and frankly, earning more money. Um, so I know that you've kind of come onto the Cloudflare team in the last few months or so. So tell me a little bit about your new role at Cloudflare. Like, what are you doing there? Um, sure. It's uh, making the web fast. Uh, so it's largely what I was doing at Google. So at Google, I was making the web fast, uh, mostly from the Chrome side of things. And it was sort of a, how do I suck the web through a straw? Um, and it was getting a little frustrating. I think I had done everything I could figure out how to do from the client side. And uh, switching to Cloudflare gives me a chance to do the same, but on the content side of things, where I can actually influence what's being pushed down uh, to the browsers. And given sort of Cloudflare's footprint, it fit very closely with my interests. Uh, the long tail of the web uh, is where I really uh, sort of get energized and trying to make the long tail faster. Uh, a lot of the, the smaller sites that don't have sort of the funding that Twitter and Google and Facebook have for doing engineering, uh, that makes up a huge chunk of the web. Uh, and that fit uh, really closely with Cloudflare's user base as well. Um, so I get to try and make as much of the web as fast as possible uh, from the serving slash uh, CDN edge side of things. So I'm largely trying to look for opportuni opportunities where they are. Uh, WordPress is obviously one of those huge ones, uh, both across the web and at Cloudflare. Uh, but doing what I can to try and make as much of the web as fast as possible. I like it. So you're attacking essentially a different part of the stack now, if you were to think of this in that way, um, trying to drive those efficiencies to kind of the kind of edge or server side before it gets to the browser, correct? Right. Yeah. On, on the other side of the, basically the, the network connection to me is sort of the big bottleneck on the web these days. Um, there's some around uh, sort of JavaScript execution, but delivering the content as quickly as possible uh, when you've got 10 megabytes of JavaScript and images, there's only so much you can do to suck it down. Uh, so I'm working on what can we do to make that 10 megabytes, two megabytes instead, or how can we uh, eliminate the, the long delays in server processing, which is exactly where, sort of where the, the page cache plugin comes from. So speaking of the page cache plugin, I know we wanted to dedicate quite a bit of time here today to talk about that. I want you to explain what it does, but I maybe you could first explain the 
kind of threads you were pulling on uh, that revealed uh, the problems that you feel the plugin solves. Um, why, why, what, what revealed itself that made it necessary or helpful to make this plugin? Sure. Um, so historically, uh, like I was saying, sort of a lot of my exposure to WordPress comes from uh, web page test and users chiming in with, how come my time to first byte is so slow? Uh, and what can I do about it? And it's, it, it's more often than not, um, WordPress is really chatty uh, with the database, uh, especially as you add more and more plugins. So uh, to generate the HTML that goes down to the browser, uh, WordPress makes a whole bunch of round trip queries to the database to figure out how to generate the page, what the template should look like, and all of that if you're not running on a really high-end uh, like SSD database and uh, sort of dedicated server, that can be really slow. And so that's what I was seeing in the wild. And uh, I can't remember how long ago it was. It was probably like eight years ago. I remember uh, building a WordPress site and running it on a Raspberry Pi. And just to try and uh, sort of emulate the what does the slow behavior look like in in the wild and enabled uh, I think it was like w3c total cat or w3 total cache one of the caching plugins on the server side uh, to experiment with okay let's do database caching uh, page caching uh, let's cache it in RAM using memcache and how fast can I make it uh, doing server-side caching and we ended up with a a Raspberry Pi that could serve my wife's uh, blog uh, in under 20 milliseconds, I think, for the HTML, which was just ludicrously fast for WordPress. And so I've had a fair amount of exposure to caching plugins and trying to walk people through, okay, you have a slow first byte time, odds are it's your hosting. You can either move to a better hosting provider or you can add caching, and here's what you need to do at, to add caching. And the here's what you need to do to add caching has always been uh, kind of a pain in the butt in trying to explain to people, okay, well, if you don't have access to memcache and you don't have access to APC or some other memory cache, you need to cache it to disk. And hopefully the disk performance on your hosting provider is fast enough that the cache is faster than the database. And the people I tend to be working with uh, that are having these problems usually like contracted their site out or went through a one-click install and they have no idea anything that I'm talking about. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a problem the long tail is going to tackle on their own. Yeah, and so where I went with that was, okay, I know page caching can be very valuable. A lot of the WordPress sites aren't sort of like... Uh, really interactive or they don't update all of the time. It's someone stood up, stood up a site for their business or have a blog and they update it at most like once a week or once a month or whatever. The, the page caches are really effective on uh, a WordPress origin, uh, but they take a lot of configuration and it still depends a lot on the hosting. Now that I'm on cl at Cloudflare, what can I do to sort of take that one layer forward in the network and instead of page caching on the hosting provider, page cache on the Cloudflare edge instead. And so we can serve the, the cached version of most sites uh, directly from the edge. So kind of like a full page edge caching configuration. Right, 
And, and so, I mean, it, it's still somewhat limited in that it doesn't have sort of all of the capabilities that you can when you're doing database caching and things like that at the origin. But for the, the simple use case where it's basically a static site, you don't have authenticated users and you're serving sort of like your business profile or your contact information, your blog or whatever, and the vast majority of your users are unauthenticated, uh, it works really well because it's basically whenever you update your page, uh, it can take a new snapshot of it and it'll just serve it directly from Cloudflare. Whatever hosting provider you're on, it doesn't matter anymore. Uh, and for me, that was sort of the big thing in that trying to get people to move hosting providers can sometimes be, uh, let's call it challenging, um, because they need to sort of scrape their, their WordPress uh, database themes, plugins, everything else, and forklift it over to a new hosting provider. And trying to get as much gain as I could uh, with as little pain as possible was sort of one of the overarching goals I was shooting for. So you've touched a little bit on the architecture of, I believe, the connection back to the Cloudflare page cache plugin. Prior to that, though, you explained that you had kind of unpacked various optimizations, building your, your Raspberry Pi for WordPress and, and thought, well, I can explain this to people, but they're not necessarily going to know how to implement it. So maybe you could talk a little bit more, though, about the uh, page cache plugin that you made and what does it do specifically, and then what is then the connection back to the um, cat or edge services from Cloudflare? Sure. So, I mean, the page... The page cache plugin itself is um, pretty brain dead. I mean, it's about as simple as you can get with a caching plugin or a plugin at all. Um, and its entire purpose is to let the uh, the CDN that's in front of the, the WordPress install know uh, what the rules are for caching the dynamic content and when it needs to clear the cache. And so those are sort of the, the two command and control uh, things I needed to coordinate between a CDN cache and uh, the WordPress install itself. So and the so plugin essentially is quite simple, but it helps control these very valuable, um, I guess not features, but just signals really to let the CDN know kind of what to do uh, relative to what it's caching in terms of dynamic content and clearing the cache and so on and so forth. Right. Absolutely. I mean, literally the cat, the, the plugin does, I think it has two features. Um, there's a bunch of hooks that it had to install to get all of the different, different ways that uh, a WordPress site can content can change. Um, but literally it responds with one header that says, uh, cache this content except for, uh, if users come in with this cookie prefix. And so that's, that's basically to say, cache the dynamic content except for logged in users. And whenever content is changed uh, through the web interface, like an admin comes in and they go in and edit the blog or whatever, the HTTP response to the editing action uh, where the content, some content on, in, on the site changes responds to the CDN edge with a, the content changed, purge the cache. And so, so it's really they're... just cache it with the bypass rules and purge cache. Right. So they're purging right when they publish, which is excellent. So I want to dive in a little bit, though, in more into the functions and maybe a little bit more into its dependencies of the plugin. Um, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. 
Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. Webmasterradio.fm Webmasterradio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing. Maria Retan, Larry Weber, Tim Ash, James and Arlene Martell, Ross Dunn, John Carcutt, Shahab Zagari, Peggy Ansel, Bennett Kelly, Jillian Music, and Kennedy. From SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry. Please join me in welcoming Andrew Hankford. Pleased to have Jim Lanzone. Please welcome Ariana Huffington. Please welcome Jason Kalkanis. On air, on demand, and available on every mobile device that you can imagine. This is WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Volopol. I'm interviewing Patrick Meenan, the founder of webpagetest.org, currently at Cloudflare. Patrick, right before the break, you were describing the Cloudflare page cache plugin you created. You were talking about essentially its simplicity in terms of enabling the CDN with full page cache, um, busting the cache when a user publishes new content, um, and then excluding parts of the page that are dynamic and thus don't need to be cached. Um, I'm just curious, is there any other like key functionality that you think the plugin does? And then from there, what dependencies does it have? Like, what else do I need other than the plugin to use it? So that's all the plugin does. Um, I mean, the the key dependency is you need a a cache in front of your WordPress install that knows the protocol to talk with the plugin, which is all header based right now. It's something I'm uh, working on standardizing uh, through the W3C. Uh, the HTTP working group, I think, to try and standardize the headers uh, so that it's not like a Cloudflare-specific uh, command and control protocol for caching dynamic content. Uh, and for me, that's that's where the excitement really lays. Uh, 
On the Cloudflare side of things, right now you need a Cloudflare worker, uh, which is JavaScript that runs on the edge uh, and intercepts every request. And for your origin, uh, the the worker is sort of bundled with the, the plugin and linked from the plugin. Uh, you install the worker on your Cloudflare zone, uh, and that's what has all of the caching logic. Uh, eventually, it'll probably be a built-in feature uh, once we can sort of standardize on what the protocol looks like. But that does all of the dynamic caching at the edge and the purging. And then it communicates effective, uh, essentially, with the plugin uh, using headers. And so those headers, when I can get them standardized, uh, I'm hoping we'll be able to convince basically every CDN to support it so that we can get dynamic content caching in a standardized way. So you're not talking custom APIs to every CDN. Uh, but also once we've got it standardized, we don't have to necessarily worry about building plugins for every CMS that's out there. WordPress is kind of a no brainer with somewhere between 20 and 40% of all of the web. Um, but there's, you know, Drupal and all of the homegrown CMSs where people uh, build their own uh, in-house CMS for content. And there's no way we're going to be building plugins for all of those things. So it, if we can standardize on a command and control interface, if you would, then all of a sudden there's incentive for uh, it to be built into WordPress and not require a plugin, for example, and be built into all of the other CMSs. And then we have a way that you can actually edge cache dynamic content on infrastructure that you control, which in this case is a CDN, but could also be a varnish cache or load balancers in your network. Uh, that is all part of your publishing infrastructure in a standardized way so that it's done the same way everywhere. And to me, that's the ultimate end goal. I love this story. It's so great just thinking about it. And I know you're kind of approaching it from a web standards perspective, but just to kind of tie that back to the notion of open source for a minute. I mean, obviously you mentioned that there's a dependency to have a Cloudflare worker and Cloudflare service for that matter for the plugin. But it was interesting to hear you tell the story about taking the standards route um, both for the benefit of the web, CDNs that aren't on Cloudflare or other configurations that people might be taking advantage of, but then also to think about not only the benefit that that provides the whole web, but also to Cloudflare by having that standardized version, a way of speaking um, to uh, you know caching configurations within particular CMS um, that benefits, frankly, anybody. I think that's really clever, and I think that's a neat part about you that I respect, and a neat part about Cloudflare, not just outside the story, but in other examples. Um, it's it's a really clever way to go about this. Yeah. No. Thanks. I mean, yeah. I, that to me, it's really that's that's where it becomes interesting. Right now, every CDN has their own proprietary API, and if you look at a bunch of the WordPress caching plugins that integrate with CDNs. They sort of list all of the CDNs they integrate with because they all have their own APIs and you have to configure API keys and everything else. And it just feels like that's a, a big glaring uh, missing opportunity there to, to come up with, with a standardized way we can do it where the users don't even need to configure API keys. I mean, the edge knows it's talking to the origin. It's got the, it's making every request back to the origin. Uh, we've got the authentication built in there and let's just use the headers. 
I love it. I love it. I can't wait to see more from this. And I think, uh, you know, it's uh, CloudFire's benefit that they have an advocate like you, not only helping to create this technology, but also to work with web standards organizations to make it something universal anyone could use. Um, again, really, really respect that. So um, my last question for you is kind of a big one, Patrick, is outside of your plugin and in light of all the different tinkering you've been doing with, with WordPress and over the years helping people from the sidelines, um, what other tips, what else would you recommend to people that run and operate WordPress sites um, to help improve their performance? Um, I mean, I've, I've been throwing out, so workers to me, uh, Cloudflare workers has been sort of an open playground. Um, it's, it's a man in the middle proxy effectively, uh, between the browser and the sites where I can go in and play with and rewrite sites. And one of the things I've been, I think I've got two blog posts so far. Um, one of them, Google fonts, uh, for me, it's, 47% of websites use Google fonts and there's all sorts of performance uh, pain points with having to include the Google font CSS, for example. So one of the workers I created uh, basically transparently uh, rewrites the HTML. So it pulls in the Google font CSS and serves the font from the same origin and it can uh, improve like the start render time by two or three seconds uh, for sites and get the text on the page much faster. Um, at the end of the day, uh, it's, it's know your waterfalls, sort of look at the visual experience of the page loading and what are the critical pieces that are blocking that and what can we do to get rid of those sort of bottlenecks. And there's, there's a fair number of them. Um, third parties are kind of one of those huge glaring and growing problems, what we can do about it. Uh, there's some stuff we can do. I, one of the other workers, I don't know if I've blogged about it yet, but it's up in the, the GitHub repository as well. Uh, we'll take uh, an arbitrary list of third-party uh, domains and it will cache extend them and proxy them through your origin. So it doesn't have to open up a new connection to the third party and it will add a hash to the URL uh, so that it only gets updated whenever the content itself changes. So for things like Google Analytics, where it's got a one hour cache lifetime or something, just in case it needs to change, but it doesn't change that frequently, um, the browser will end up with a long cache lifetime for it. And then the URL itself will get changed in the HTML when the content changed. But also things like jQuery on the common CDNs, uh, it'll rewrite it so it all gets served from your origin so you don't have sort of the external dependencies but you also don't have to be making the external DNS lookup and, and socket connect and TLS negotiation to all these third-party domains and it's kind of like whittling down at what what low-hanging fruit is still common across a lot of sites and for me workers has been sort of the the playground where I can go in and look at what a lot of those opportunities are and come up with spot solutions uh, that hopefully eventually will just work their way into becoming standardized features, but they also work as a, a good uh, sort of use case and example uh, to demonstrate how, how we can use workers, but also how a lot of these optimi optimizations can be done uh, wherever you want to do them, if you want to make the changes at the origin or somewhere in the middle. 
Those were some great tactical and specific examples, but it sounded like thematically, and I'm going to go back to what you just said, which is know your waterfall, know what's blocking, why it's blocking, and then you know take action to correct those things to improve that experience. Um, our founder, a gentleman named Jason Cohen, has a has a quote along this line, and he says, uh, "Life by a thousand cuts," and you know the opposite of death by a thousand cuts. But it's like if I can do this, if I can do that, and I can do all these things over time. Um, you can deliver, you know, a faster experience for those visitors and you don't necessarily have to do it all at once, but just understanding what each piece is and what you can do to improve that experience um, sounded like the thematic lesson from that. Would you agree, Patrick? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no two sites are the same and we can come up with some generic things that we see a lot, but at the end of the day, um, the more you can understand how your site loads and what are the things in the way and and the what is the actual experience of loading, not just sort of the the end state, but how does it get there um, and what the dependencies are. It gives you sort of, then you have the tool set to, to make the optimizations, to tackle the problems and sort of work your way through what's the low hanging fruit. Yeah, it's funny, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, know your waterfall. I think the, the part for me when I start with the speed test is actually the film stripper video. I just watch it load and then decide if I think that it's loading in ways that would be beneficial to the user. Is it giving them the information that they need? Is it, you know, loading up and in, in, in what order and what's holding it up? Things that might drive value like ads or forms. Um, but I also, for me personally, I talk about, you know, know your video or know your film strip, know what the customer experiences or the visitor experiences in any particular second. And, you know, what might be getting in the way of you delivering that joy to them? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The Where I spend almost all of my time in web page tests is in the film strip view, where you've got the the film strip of the, the video of the page loading above the waterfall. And I scroll and I go, okay, this is the start render. What are the resources in the waterfall that were loaded before that? And all of the are all of those actually critical to the user experience or should all of those be there? And at what point did the hero image load or the text load and what was blocking it? I love that. Great tip. Wish we had more time, but unfortunately, we're out of time for this episode. Patrick, thanks so much for coming on the show again. Thank you for having me back. It's always great to talk to you. Awesome. If you'd like to learn more about Patrick is up to, including maybe his future robot road trip blog, uh, you can check out the Cloudflare blog. He posts there a ton. Um, check out, of course, cloudflare.com as well. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this special episode of Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. Again, this is your host, David Volopol, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine. And I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.